Hey, good morning, everybody. Very nice to be with all of you today. Uh, hey, so uh, I'm excited to have my friend Janelle look here today. She is going to be bringing the teaching this morning, and I, I want to tell you the story of how she and I came to be friends. And uh, for those of you who are newer, I think this, this gives some great backstory to a value for us and a group of people that we hold really dear. And for those who are older, it's maybe just a good reiteration. But the um, story begins a few years ago as, uh, as gay marriage was legalized in our country and there were a number of other cultural events going on at that same time uh, that, that caused me to go back and go into kind of an extended time of study. Uh, you know, I, I studied all these things in seminary and whatnot, but it, it seemed like a good time to really go back and really honestly ask the question, uh, has the church gotten this right or not? Right, the historic Christian teaching, the understanding of the scriptures is that marriage is to be between a man and a woman. But it seemed like something, at least in my own spirit, that bore some re-examination. So uh, kind of a, a very long season of study for me uh, and interaction with, with a lot of folks along those lines, with, uh, with gay friends, with different theologians and Bible scholars and all that stuff that, uh, that we do. And then uh, our church's leadership team went through the same process. At the same time, uh, Fuller Seminary, where I teach part-time, was going through this process as well as our denomination. And all, all roads led to the same place, uh, that the historic Christian teaching of what marriage is is correct, that, that that is what the Bible teaches, that marriage is between a man and a woman. But what also became really clear during that time, uh, especially as I spent time with a lot of gay believers was that the church has done a terrible job of ministering to those who are same-sex attracted. And, and really what I became convicted of was, was our sin as the church, big C. The way that we have, have mistreated, the way that we've excluded, the way that we have taken this one particular sin and, and kind of elevated it above all these others, which is, is so ironic. Even when you read in scripture, it's set right next to things like gossip, and lying, which, which we regularly turn a blind eye to in the church, which is also a problem. Uh, but uh, I, I just had this very deep conviction that, that yes, if, if we are going to hold to a Christian sexual ethic, it has to be more than saying no. <laughs> it, has to, it has to go beyond that, to asking how can we as the church embrace our gay brothers and sisters uh, give them a place to call home, make the church a place where they find family, where they can flourish, where they can use their gifts, all of this. And so one, one outcome of that for us as a church uh, was this thing called the SoCal Side B Network. And uh, this, this came about as, you know, we'd been in the season of prayer and asking how can we as a church do better in this and uh, felt like, man, I, I need to call my friend Greg Pikin. And Greg, uh, he's moved, but at that time he was a pastor elsewhere in the city. He had come out to me as gay a couple of years previous. He's a, a celibate, unmarried uh, gay man. And I called him and was like, hey, what do you think about us starting something for gay believers in the South Bay where they can come together and we can support them as the church and help equip them in their faith and in the, the difficult calling that they are living out? And he was all in. And so uh, I, I want to say it's going on three years now. 
Uh, we started hosting that group here in our church. We meet monthly. We have two to three dozen wonderful believers who roll in there uh, every month when we meet. Uh, it, is, it is such a tremendous group of people. Uh, they are some of my favorite people. And I, 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 have, I tell them I have the best job, too. My job is to be the straight, middle-aged pastor who stands up in front of them each month and reminds them that God loves them. And uh, this is a special thing for me, because most of them, part of their story is being hurt uh, by a straight, middle-aged pastor at some, some point along the way. So to be that guy is really a privilege. And I tell them every month, you are a credit to your churches. And it is a privilege for us that we get to be one small part of your journey. Now, my friend Janelle uh, has been part of this group from the beginning, and I've so enjoyed uh, getting to know her in, uh, in the context of this group. And uh, for Janelle, um, uh, I, I've been noticing, this has been going on outside of me, but I've just been observing how God is working in her these last couple of years and her gifts. She's actually a full-time missionary. She, she works in Christian ministry already. And, uh, and I'm seeing how God is developing her as a leader within the group. Uh, there's some national opportunities that have come her way as well in and, uh, and speaking to groups of gay believers about what it is to live a, a life committed to Jesus as a, as a person who's following a historic Christian ethic. And, uh, and in the midst of this, it's like, man, I really wanted to come and preach at our church. I wonder if she would. So I asked her. She said yes, and she's here today. So... Uh, Janelle Look is a third-generation Chinese-American. She lives not too far from here in South Los Angeles, and she's been serving with Church of the Redeemer, a fellow Covenant Church, uh, since 2009. She's in full-time ministry with Servant Partners, a movement centered on Jesus, pursuing justice and community transformation alongside urban, marginalized communities. Please welcome Janelle Look. Appreciate that. <laughs> that was the first time I had heard the origin story of the our side V group, so that was awesome. Um, so good to be here. Um, thank you, Pastor Tim, for having me. Um, when I first started attending the side B meetings um, back in around 2021, um, I was thrilled to learn that Pastor Tim was leading a covenant church. Um, it really felt like a God thing. Um, as Tim says, I've been at a covenant church myself. Um, called Church of the Redeemer since 2009. Um, so it's really good to be here uh, with Covenant family. So thanks for having me. Um, as Tim also mentioned, um, I've been in full-time ministry for the past eight years, um, working for an organization called Servant Partners. Um, it's a missions organization. Um, and we're in urban, marginalized communities. Um, we believe in the power of incarnational ministry, um, so ministering where you live, um, we have a value for hospitality, and I've had the opportunity to host um, a lot of meals, um, so I'm excited to discuss uh, hospitality with you today. Um, so let me pray just to begin our time. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, um, take a deep breath, and just center yourself. Jesus, um, some of us this morning may be feeling um, distracted, 
or burdened um, or tired. Um, Lord, help us to entrust um, any worries and burdens to you. Um, Yeah, help us to be attentive to you and to your spirit in this moment. Um, Your scripture says that the word of God is alive and active. Um, It is sharper than any sword that has two edges. It cuts deep enough to separate soul from spirit. It can separate bones from joints. It judges the thoughts and purposes of the heart. And Jesus, we just declare that your word is alive and active this morning. Um, And I ask that your word searches our thoughts and our hearts and brings us conviction and encouragement. In your name we pray. Amen. So I want to start with a question. Um, What comes to mind when I say hospitality? You can throw up that slide. What comes to mind when I say hospitality? Um, What does hospitality look like? Um, What does it sound like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? Um, I would love to hear your response, so just shout it out. Uh, There are no wrong answers. What would you say? Food. Food, yes. What kind of food? Good food. (laughs) Great. What else? Welcome, yes. Hospitality is a welcome. What does welcome feel like or to you? It's an embrace. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes a literal embrace, like a hug. Um, yeah, what else? A place at the table. A place at the table, yeah. So, like, you have like a literal seat, um, a table setting, but also like you've been welcomed, invited somewhere. Yeah. What else? Spending the night. Spending the night, yeah. Um, Like having a guest at, being able to stay at someone's house. Yeah. Um, I recently, um, Pastor Tim mentioned um, our friend Greg, and I recently went to stay at his place in San Diego, and I got like my own guest room with its own bathroom, it was, uh, <laughs> it felt pretty luxurious. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for sharing, y'all. Um, yeah, I just want you to think back to a moment when you really experienced, like, the warmth of someone's hospitality. Um, I've been lucky to be the recipient of some amazing hospitality myself. Um, in my role as internship staff with Servant Partners, um, I've had the opportunity to visit our site in Manila three times. Um, So our site in Manila is an informal settlement uh, called Batokan. And um, during one of my trips, I got to know a family. Um, If you could throw the picture up there. Um, This is, uh, so this is Janice um, and our friend Pau to the right. um, Her two kids, that's me, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) And that's my colleague, Denise. Um, And... um, yeah, I got to know uh, Janice and her family, um, and uh, she adopted me into her family one summer, um, even though I was a complete stranger, just a foreigner. Um, her family lived together in this room. It was a single room, and that was their entire house. Um, and although they didn't have very much money at all, um, Janice knew that I really love street food, love trying new food especially. Um, and so one day she got me a snack, which was a green mango with shrimp paste. Um, and that was like really fun to try. 
Um, I visited her almost every night. Um, we would sit, we would watch The Voice together. That's how I got into The Voice. Um, and her place just felt so warm and cozy and safe. Um, Janice was an excellent translator also of Filipino culture and food. Um, and she just would answer all of my dumb questions. Um, I never felt judged. Um, if you've been in um, a different country and you're just like, everything just feels unfamiliar, like you know how valuable that can be. Um, and her hospitality um, and her generosity was just um, a huge, just like blessing and challenge to me. Um, she was generous with the little that she had, and I knew that it cost her. Um, as I think about um, just hospitality and, and how to define it, um, you know, one online dictionary defines hospitality as like the act of being welcoming um, and friendly to guests and visitors. Um, another definition said, you know, it's, it's receiving and treating guests in a warm and friendly and generous way. Um, and I think these are like good starting points for talking about um, hospitality, um, but I'd like us to look at the scripture for God's perspective. Um, so we'll be looking at Luke 5 um, through the lens of hospitality. So I'm going to read the scripture for us. Um, Luke 5, starting at verse 27. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Um, so who's Levi? Um, Levi is a tax collector on behalf of the Roman government. Um, the Jewish people would have seen him as a collaborator um, with the Romans, um, someone who was cooperating with the enemy. So Levi's a bad guy in this story. Um, and the eyes of the Pharisees. <laughs> and why do you think Levi holds this, this party for Jesus? Um, you know, the text doesn't tell us explicitly. Um, one commentary that I read um, said that when Jesus invited Levi to follow him, um, that was a really great honor for Levi, um, especially because Levi normally would have been excluded from religious circles. So Levi may have thrown the party to repay honor back to Jesus. Um, that's how the social dynamics would have worked at that time. Um, but whatever the reason, what we see is this, um, this sequence of events where first, you know, Jesus invites Levi to follow him, and then Levi follows Jesus, and then he throws a good, uh, this huge party. So in that, I just see that, like, Levi's hospitality, um, this this huge party, it flows out of relationship with Jesus. Um, so why is Jesus at this party? Um, you know, in addition to having um, an amazing meal, um, Jesus says that he is there to call sinners to repentance. Um, that is Jesus' mission, um, and that's the mission 
uh, that he invites us into as well. And um, the sinners that are mentioned um, in this passage, um, Jesus describes them as people um, who know that they are sick, um, people who know that they are not righteous. Um, Levi um, and the other tax collectors were well aware that they were not welcome in the church, um, that they were despised by the Jewish people, um, that they were on the, the outskirts. Um, I think for us, for our context, um, the sick and the sinners um, in this story primarily refer to people who know that they're not right with God. Um, and I think this includes people um, both in and out of the church. Um, anyone who is humble um, and willing to admit their sickness and unrighteousness. So from this story, I developed a working definition for hospitality. Um, you can throw it up there. Um, hospitality honors Jesus and generously welcomes those who know that they're not right with God. And through hospitality, the sick draw near to Jesus. Um, so I'm confident that there are some people here who are amazing at hospitality, and I hope we can learn from you. Um, most of my talk is geared towards people who feel like it's not their strong suit. Um, but if you are amazing at hospitality, um, I, have, I have a few things for you to consider. Um, the first is, how can you mentor others in hospitality? Um, I think hospitality isn't so much following a list of rules um, as it is having this posture of welcome. Um, so how can you mentor others in hospitality? Um, and how can you include others in the hospitality that you're extending? I think the second thing to consider is um, how does my hospitality help draw people closer to Jesus? Um, honestly, you know, it's easy to have people over for a meal and uh, just never mention God. Um, I've been there. Um, one simple thing that I try to do is uh, when I pray for the meal, um, I'll ask my guest, like, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? Um, and sometimes my guest will decline, um, but sometimes they'll bring up something. And um, it's just a simple practice that can um, invite Jesus into their life. Um, so I'm guessing that there are some of us here who would say, yeah, hospitality is not my strong suit. Um, and if we're honest, um, there are some barriers that can get in the way of us practicing hospitality. Um, so three barriers that I thought of are, um, the first one is, you know, I don't have the gift of hospitality. Like, I'm just bad at it. Um, the second barrier um, I thought of is uh, hospitality just takes too much time and energy. You know, I'm busy. And the third one is, um, you know, right now I'm just focused on taking care of my kids and or my elderly relatives right now. So I wanted to respond um, to each of these. Um, so the first barrier, you know, I don't have the gift of hospitality. Um, you know, some of us, I think, want to be hospitable, um, but we aren't very good at cooking or baking or hosting. Um, you know, we're not Martha Stewart. And so perhaps we think, like, I'm just not good at hospitality. Um, and I think, you know, sure, some of us are better at that than others. Um, but I think we're thinking of a very, like, limited, like, traditional understanding of hospitality. Um, what if we broadened our understanding of hospitality? 
Um, so if you're a bad cook, you know, could you order takeout or buy a frozen pizza? Um, you know, you can, you can put together a whole meal at like the frozen aisle at Trader Joe's. <laughs> and I know some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, or could you partner with someone who cooks and um, host together? You know, like they cook, you do the dishes. Um, it's not about having this elaborate meal. Um, it's about creating a space where all of you can draw near to Jesus. Um, I think there's something really intimate and special about having someone over um, to your house and, and using your home as a place of ministry. Um, but I know that some of us are not able to host at home, um, maybe because you don't have control over your living space. Um, so for you, maybe hospitality could look like um, taking someone out for a meal or taking someone out for coffee. Um, additionally, as you just heard, um, your church regularly hosts these amazing events and meals. Um, so hospitality could look like inviting your friends, your coworkers to that men's barbecue or the women's um, lunch next week. Um, yeah, just I think hospitality um, can be just about like opening our social circle, just like widening our social circles. So, yeah, I just want to encourage us that everyone here can practice hospitality. Um, Let's broaden our understanding of it. Um, And again, I think the important thing is, um, is your time together drawing you near to Jesus? Um, So the second barrier that I want to address is that hospitality just takes too much time and energy. You know, I'm busy. Um, And there's really no getting around it. Like, hospitality does take time and work. (laughs) Um, But I want to emphasize just that hospitality um, doesn't have to be fancy, that it can be very simple. Um, Last year, um, I read a book um, called The Gospel Comes with a House Key um, by Rosaria Butterfield. Um, Admittedly, she is a controversial figure in Side B spaces, (laughs) and I don't agree with all of her thoughts. Um, but I liked reading what she had to say about hospitality. So my side B friends, hear me out. Um, I was challenged by Rosaria's life. Um, She has neighbors and church friends over about five nights a week. Um, And because she hosts so much, um, she can't cook an elaborate meal every day, um, understandably. Um, In her book, she says, the nuts and bolts of our hospitality ministry are beans, rice, vegetables, and sometimes chicken. Her meals are super simple. Um, What's important are the things that happen because she's available and her home is open to everyone. Um, Because um, she's spending time with her neighbors, um, they know that they can go to her when a crisis happens. Um, And because there's a meal, um, people stay afterwards for prayer and Bible study. Um, In her book, Rosario uses the term radically ordinary hospitality. Radically ordinary hospitality. Um, So in this vein, um, I um, decided to do like a... (laughs) um, This visual aid (laughs) is is here. Um, I bought muffins for everybody um, that will be available after the service for us to enjoy. Um, And I just wanted it to be just an an example, just this simple example of radically ordinary hospitality. Um, You know, I just 
went to Costco, I got muffins, like it's not elaborate, um, but it's something simple and hopefully something that you all will enjoy. Um, another story that I wanted to share was um, about a year and a half ago, um, I moved in with two friends from church. Um, one of them is here with me, Amy, my housemate. Um, before I moved in um, with her, I'd been living with these like random housemates. Um, there were people that basically I met through like the Christian version of Craigslist. Um, and um, it didn't feel like a place where like I could offer hospitality um, for a number of reasons. Um, so when I moved, I was like so excited to live with people who would partner with me in ministry and hospitality. Um, we made a list. We have this like iPhone note where we've um, made a list of everyone who we wanted to have over. Um, so we literally like listed everyone in our church, um, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, and we've been steadily making our way through that list. Um, and at some point, we discovered that brunch is actually a pretty simple meal to host. Um, we'll do waffles using this like pre-made waffle mix, um, spam, and eggs. And that's it. It's a very straightforward, delicious meal um, to prepare. Um, I think it's radically ordinary hospitality. Um, and through these meals, we've really deepened our friendships. Um, one story that I wanted to share was um, last year, um, a friend from church came over for brunch. Um, and the day that she came was actually the due date for her baby. Um, but baby hadn't come yet, so she was free for waffles. And um, during our phone call, oh, sorry, during um, our meal, she got a phone call from Kaiser. Um, and they said, you know, I'm sorry, but we have to postpone your appointment that you had um, to induce your labor. Um, and when my friend got off the phone and returned to the table, she had tears in her eyes. Um, you know, she was uh, disappointed um, she was frustrated with Kaiser. Um, she felt out of control um, in this very vulnerable place. Um, I asked if she wanted to pray. She said yes. Um, and as we listened to God, um, God spoke to her and comforted her. Um, it was just so encouraging for me to like see uh, God draw near to us in that moment. Um, hospitality is worth our time and our energy um, and again, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be radically ordinary hospitality. Um, the third barrier that I want to um, talk about is, um, you know, just at the moment, I'm focused on taking care of my kids and or my elderly relatives right now. Um, and I just want to acknowledge, like, these demands are real. Amen. <laughs> um, like your kids, um, taking care of relatives, um, that is a very real um, like responsibility. And I just want to gently point out that for many of us, our day-to-day our -day commitments revolve around our blood family. Um, we prioritize you know, our kids, our spouse, um, our parents, our relatives, and all of our energy and resources are funneled to them. And of course we should love our blood family and not neglect them. Um, but what about our spiritual family? Um, I just want us to remember that Jesus redefines family for us. Um, in Matthew 12, um, Jesus points to his disciples and says, 
um, here are my mother and brothers. Um, For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus expands our idea of family. And family in the kingdom of God no longer means just blood family. Um, It means everyone who is doing the will of God. What would it mean for us to see our church family, uh, this church family, as important as our blood family? Um, Last year, um, my house had some church friends over for brunch. Um, It was a husband and wife couple. Um, And at some point I realized, you know, I don't think I've ever had a meal with you. Um, I'm not counting like our old church-like meals. I'm talking like I've never had a meal with just you. We've, we've been at the same church for 13 years, and I had never had a meal with just them. Um, and that was really sad for me to realize. Um, and honestly, this like lack of fellowship was a metaphor for the emotional distance between us. Um, To be honest, I did not see them as family. Um, So, y'all, how might you see this church as your family? How might you extend hospitality to the people sitting next to you? Um, Especially those who don't live with a nuclear family like me, a single person. Um, Unsurprisingly, It can be lonely to be a single person in the church. Um, More specifically, it can be lonely as a side B person in the church. Uh, Many of us are considering celibacy or have committed to celibacy. Um, I need the church to be my family. Divorced people, widows, single parents, they also need you to be their family. So just to summarize, um, take care of your blood family and include your spiritual family. Um, So just to close, I just want to repeat my my definition of hospitality. Um, That hospitality honors Jesus and generously welcomes those who know that they're not right with God. Through hospitality, the sick draw near to Jesus. So I'm going to invite us to just take a moment to reflect And I want you to ask God, um, God, is there one step you're inviting me to take? Um, Maybe it's taking a coworker out for lunch. Um, Maybe it's inviting someone from church over, someone you've never had a one-on-one conversation with. Maybe it's buying a frozen pizza. Um, Just radical, ordinary hospitality. So how might you initiate a meal um, that creates space for you and others to draw near to Jesus? So I'm going to give us a minute of silence to just reflect, um, and then I'm going to invite you to share in pairs with the person next to you. So um, yeah, let's just take a minute of silence, and then I'll call us back in a moment. Okay, I'm going to call us back. (laughs) 
Um, I hope that that helped get some juices flowing, and I'm going to pray to close our time together. Um, Jesus, we um, just invite you to um, stir our imagination um, as to what hospitality can look like um, and God, for the ideas that are already percolating in us. Um, God, I pray that you would bless those ideas, um, that you would help us to, um, yeah, follow through with them. Um, and I pray that we would experience um, your presence, that you would surprise us um, through these future meals. Um, yeah, I just pray um, that through uh, this church's ministry of hospitality, uh, many would draw near to you, um, and that it would grow the church as well. Um, yeah, thank you for the resources you've given us. Um, help, to help us to be uh, wise stewards with them. Um, God, we just give this all to you in your name. Amen. Okay, Tim's going to come up and lead us in communion. Should I stay up here?